You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody, welcome in. It is the Utopia Football Podcast. It is Week One coming up Sunday. We record this on the Thursday prior to the Texans taking on the Ravens in Baltimore. The Texans, the biggest underdog on the board this weekend, hoping to pull off the big upset in D'Amico Ryan's debut, and we are here to get you ready for that game and other other things going on around the world of the uh, NFL and Houston sports as we do um, each and every Thursday episode during the season. Uh, we will preview this game and uh, and get you ready for the weekend. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast Sports Radio 610, mornings 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sports Radio 610. Download the Odyssey app. Joined, as always, by the Hall of Famer, my good friend, and our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. John, how are we feeling heading into week one here? I'm fired up about the Texans' first season under D'Amico Ryan's. The Astros pounded the Rangers in Arlington. Great time of the year. It is. It is a good time to be alive. And we, as we're recording this, football starts tonight with Detroit in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. So NFL football is here. Our, our, our long national nightmare of no football is uh, is now over. John, let's get right into it. We'll do a six-pack here shortly where we pick six storylines or players that are going to be crucial to the uh, the Texans and the Ravens game coming up on Sunday, noon, a game you can hear on Sports Radio 610. And, of course, the uh, countdown, Texans countdown begins at 9 a.m. That's me and Seth Payne getting you ready. Um, but the big news with the Texans in the last 24 hours or so, Titus Howard, right tackle, going to injured reserve. And if we just put this timeline together real quick, John, August 5th was when he was injured. He, he broke his hand in practice on August the 5th. I think that was the uh I think that was the the nighttime practice, the Saturday practice. He hurt his hand, turned out it was a broken hand. He went in for surgery shortly thereafter and the time frame that we were given for Titus Howard's return was 4 to 6 weeks from the injury. 4 weeks would put him in line to be ready to play this coming Sunday against the Ravens. 6 weeks obviously, he's going to be missing a couple of games. As recently as earlier this week, he was practicing on Monday with a club hand cast sort of thing. Um, D'Amico Ryans, an hour or so before the IR announcement was made, said that Titus was working out day-to-day, gave no inclination or intimation that Titus Howard was going to be put on injured reserve. This thing kind of came out of nowhere yesterday afternoon, John, and now Titus Howard, Texans right tackle, highly paid now, by the way, too, on this contract extension, is going to miss at least four games. You thought he was going to play when you saw him in that club hand on Monday. What do you make of all this? I think he went out there and he practiced with the club and it didn't work. He's in a lot of pain. I hope he didn't make it worse, but now they lost their center. 
Uh, Juice Scruggs on their right tackle, Titus Howard, both on IR, have to miss at least four games. That is terrible for an offensive line that might not be very good anyway with Laramie Tunsil, the left tackle, the best player on the team. And we don't know, really. We all assume Shaq Mason's going to play well at right guard. Last year at Tampa, he had the worst season since early in his career when he was a rookie, and they let him go for a fifth-round pick. So the offensive line could be a problem again. You hope Titus can come back in four weeks. And that timeline just shows you can never, ever put anything into a timeline. Teams just throw it out there. I wonder if anybody ever keeps up with exactly <laughs> how many guys come back within the timeline. Yeah, I, I think obviously it's a problem for Sunday against the Ravens, but we'll talk more about the Ravens specifically here. I, I guess, John, you know, the offensive line is it, it's it's in shambles right now compared to who you thought was going to be on that offensive line to start the season. We all thought it was going to go left to right. Tunsil, Kenyon Green, Juice Scruggs, Shaq Mason, and Titus Howard. Um, as you point out, you know, this – Titus is the third offensive lineman to go to IR of those guys we just named. Kenyon Green's going to be gone for the year, and Juice Scruggs is gone for at least four games himself with a hamstring injury. Titus is obviously the big one, and it's not just because he's the best player of those three. It's certainly the position that he plays in terms of protecting C.J. Stroud. I guess the, there's a decent chance that the Texans actually get better play out of left guard and center collectively than they were expecting to get from Kenyon Green and Juice Scruggs. They may get better play out of Josh Jones and Jared Patterson. It's left guard and center this coming Sunday. I'll be surprised about that because Josh Jones never played left guard. He's played right tackle, left tackle. Did Kenyon look like and, he'd ever played left guard, right guard last guard. year? No, he didn't. And Josh Jones, who the Cardinals traded him, and if they'd have thought really highly of him as being a guy who could play a bunch of different positions, I don't think they would have traded him. So – it was, it's a perennial problem they have. This fourth year in a row, they have a new line coach, Chris Strasser. You open next year. It's not going to be five in a row, but, man, he's coaching with one arm tied behind his back. Yeah, yeah. So, John, the, the first four games without Titus, uh, I'm going to read off the opponents, and you tell me, give me your you know level of concern here, scale of one to ten, with no Titus Howard against, uh, of course, uh, Baltimore this weekend. Then it's home for the Colts who are not a good team, but their defensive front is actually, they've got some players in that in that front seven. Um, at Jacksonville, week three, and then Pittsburgh coming here in week four. Ten, 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 ten. Yeah, huge concern, right? It's going to be a huge concern every game this year. If you got a rookie quarterback and you can't protect him and the strength of your offense is your running game and you can't run block, maybe they'll surprise everybody. Bobby Sloak, the new coordinator and play caller, what a predicament for him to start off with because they thought they were going to have stability, and that's exactly what they don't have. Yep, it's uh, it's it's bad. So that's the big news. Titus Howard, uh, when we when first we thought the worst-case scenario was he'd be back for Jacksonville, now, John, the worst-case scenario is we don't know when he's going to be back. <laughs> you know, like it's – I if you're asking me right now, do I think he misses only four games? I'm going to say no. I You know, if it was bad enough to put him on injured reserve, it's probably bad enough to where it, it might linger – and I think a lot of a lot of people think back to um, Laramie Tunsil's injury that he had back in 2021, where it looked like it was only going to be a certain amount of time, and then he missed the rest of the year. I think there was more going on than just Laramie's. I think it was his wrist, not his hand. I think there was more going on with Laramie than just his wrist that season. To yeah, me. I don't know what it was, but I agree. I thought it was his thumb. 
And, oh, it might have uh, been his thumb. Yeah, whatever yeah. it was, he could have. You think he could have played? Yeah, but he didn't get used up that year. And now that they're supposed to be better, you know, this to me is just disastrous for the Texans to have an offensive line with three starters, three guys they thought would start out. Punter Cam Johnston, who's been outstanding since they signed him as a free agent, gave him the only three-year contract to a Nick Casario free agent. He's on IR. Not a good way to start the season. Nope, not at all. Okay, so this this is a good segue because there's other injury concerns with this team. But let's talk about those injury concerns within the um, within the parameters of the game coming up this Sunday. And let's do our pregame six-pack. Week one at Baltimore, the Texans are a – I think they're up to a 10-point underdog now, John, so I think that's hit double digits here. It's been nine and a half for most of the offseason, but I would imagine cluster injuries on the offensive line uh, are enough to to move a line, certainly. So – Let's call it a 10-point spread on this game. We'll give our predictions when the six-pack is over here, John, but let's dig into the six most important players or storylines with this game, and you go first. I'm going to start right there with George Fant. George Fant wasn't even on the roster when first week of training camp. Then he got signed out of desperation. He's a veteran. He At least he got a lot of playing time in preseason. They need him to just be serviceable. He's bounced around, but, man, they didn't want George Fant to have to be starting – any more than they wanted Josh Jones and Jared Patterson. That's crazy. John, that's the wildest thing to me about this offensive line depth chart is how many of them just weren't even Houston Texans like a month ago. <laughs> you know, like J- Jared Patterson. If you look at the depth chart, Jer- as far as – I'm not saying as far as number of games because they haven't played any games yet, but like as far as the length of time that they've been an employee of the Houston Texans, I'll call it. The, the, the length of time since they filled out their HR paperwork to sign up for benefits in the 401k and things like that. Jared Patterson's like middle of the pack as far as tenured Houston Texans right now, and he's never taken a snap in an NFL game. Josh Jones they trade for. They bring in, is it Nick Broker, the kid they, they brought in off of waivers from, uh, from, from Buffalo, the seventh-round pick, who's kind of intriguing to me. But, yeah, then George Fant. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm Kendrick Green, Kendrick Green, Kendrick Green, Kendrick Green. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's four guys right there. So literally Jared Patterson is tied with juice Scruggs for the uh, amount of time they've been Texans employees. Uh, well, I guess technically juice Scruggs, an employee one more day than Patterson. He got drafted on day two, not day three. I feel bad for CJ Stroud because people around the country will look at his stats. Oh man, he's terrible. And they won't pay any attention to who they got in their offensive line. You know what? I th- you know who I don't think cares about that? C.J. Stroud. Like I, he, yeah, I, he. I've I've been so impressed with how he just handles the ebbs and flows of everything that's sort. Of, you know, all the narratives and things like that that come at him. Um, I'm guessing we'll talk about him here in the six pack at some point. Um, but John, I'm going to go with my first one here in the six pack, getting ready for Baltimore, and it's Jimmy Ward, the safety. For the Texans. We're talking about injury concerns on the offensive line with all those guys out. Jimmy Ward has not practiced this week due to a groin injury. Um, and that's obviously him not being out on the practice field doesn't bode well for this weekend. But the nature of the injury, too, when it's a groin injury like this and it's a soft tissue injury, the chances of, of re-aggravating it sometime down the road, the fact that you probably need to be all the way back to 100% before you get him back out on the field. Like, you can't muscle through a groin injury and have it, you know, like some injuries you can kind of plow through and the healing is still going on. You're going to aggravate it in a football game, Jimmy Ward. And he's quickly, John, become a guy that is a core player for this team. He's one of the four captains of this team. 
he's a good player. Like he's, he's a fringe top 100 player, you know, according to the, I know the NFL top 100 is what it is, but if you're getting nominated and named on there, you're a pretty good football player, regardless of how you feel about that poll. He's a guy who is, is, I think he was number 104 in the NFL top 100, something like that. So he's a good football player at a really important position for this defense against the Baltimore Ravens. I am, I'm not as concerned about it as I am the offensive line. But defensively, this is by far my biggest concern is Jimmy Ward not being on the field. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, what if Christian Harris is not on the field? At least they got that a couple too. of veterans with extensive playing time behind Ward, and they don't have that in their offensive line, guys who've played a lot uh, off the bench. My number two is Damian Pierce because the running game can control so much. He can break tackles, and uh, they need him desperately to help control the ball. And run offensive linemen would rather run block than pass protect. So maybe those guys can fire off the ball or they're going to do – they're going to not fire off the ball. They're going to do the uh, running back. Pierce going to take one cut and go. And maybe in the new scheme, blocking scheme that Bobby Slowick has installed, uh, it, maybe it's like running back. doesn't really matter who's playing in the offensive line. But Damian Pierce is so important to what they hope to accomplish. You know what I'm anxious to see with Pierce, John, is – how much they use him in the passing game. They worked on that a lot during training camp, the Texans did, in throwing the ball to Damian Pierce out of the backfield. Um, and we know that that's, that, you know, that that's a staple of this offense as well, getting the ball in the hands of your playmakers any way that you can. I'm, I'm anxious to see you know, what the screen game looks like or you know, trying to get the ball into Pierce's hands in other ways. And I do like the fact that they really – they have really upgraded the depth at that position compared to last year. You know, last year it was Damian Pierce. And then John, who was it right after him? Go ahead. Rex bleeping Burkhead. Right. That's right. And so now it's, now it's Devin Singletary. Who's an accomplished, still young NFL player. Uh, Mike Boone had one of the best training camps of any player on the Texans. So yeah, I mean, if the offensive line can find a rhythm and open up some holes, it's not just Pierce, but I think they, they some of these other guys too. Can maybe get some on, uh, well, on game day. Sean, one of the things about Pierce catching the ball, he's going to get so many hits running the ball. I'd rather see him run Singletary catch, but every time Singletary goes in, he can't throw in the ball. He's got to run it some too. Yeah, and I think it's going to be hard for Pierce to stand withstand the punishment of a seventeen game season. He missed almost five full games as a rookie, but uh, he's somebody we definitely got to keep an eye on because. He holds the key to unlocking that door on the defense, and uh, but 
It's just so much to ask with the issues in the line. I'd love to know how he was feeling last year, Pierce, when he went on injured reserve after, I think it was after the Cowboys game in week 14. That sounds about right. Maybe week 14 or 15. I can't remember. Um, but he, that's when he went on IR and, you know, he didn't go on IR cause he was banged up. He went on IR because he had a, you know, there's a very specific ankle injury that he had, you know, he didn't go on there because he's got bruises everywhere and he had 200 and something carries and he'd never had that number of carries before he went on IR because he had a very specific ankle injury. But I am curious, like, how was he feeling physically at that point? Like how beat up was he? Did he feel like he could have gone another four games if he had to during the season? Cause you're right. He took a lot of hits. He, and it doesn't look like John does. I'm going to base, I'm going to base this on him just outright, just trying to truck Lonnie Johnson instead of trying to elude Lonnie Johnson in the open field in that saints preseason game. He just buried his shoulder into the middle of Lonnie Johnson's chest that Damian Pierce is not changing his running style at all in this new offense. The game he got hurt in, it was early and he missed almost a full game there. So it was almost five full games. Danny yeah. Barrett, the running backs coach, said they want him to get the first down. But if you get the first down and you're on the sideline and you're about to get creamed, just step out of bounds. Yeah, Don't try to run over three guys. Dude, I think it's it's hard to change the way Damian Pierce is wired, man. I don't know. That'll be interesting to see. John, my next one here, this one's kind of a – this one's kind of a – not off the radar, but a little – I would say a little further down the, uh, the depth chart. Um, I, I think a lot of people were very confused when Desmond King was cut just based on the fact that he's played a lot of good football for this team. Tavier Thomas did not have a great preseason this year. He was in the joint practices and in the games. It, it was not awesome for Tavier Thomas. He is now their slot corner starting slot corner with Desmond King gone. And I'm going to be very anxious to see this game. Zay Flowers, the rookie out of Boston College, is the slot receiver for um, – for the Baltimore Ravens. So much has been made about them getting J.K. Dobbins back healthy, signing Odell Beckham Jr., new offense, Todd Monken. I, I think Zay Flowers has a chance to be the real X factor out of all these guys. He was a really good player at Boston College. Um, he's he's an explosive player. He's quick. Um, I, Tavier Thomas handling the X factor. I think he is – I think Zay Flowers is – I think Raven fans probably view him similar to how we view Tank Dell here in Houston, you know, young receiver, rookie receiver, guy you try to get the ball in his hands any way you can and then let him go do, you know, go do some sizzly things. Um, so that's mine because I think the X factor for the Ravens offensively, aside from Lamar Jackson, obviously, is is rookie Zay Flowers. And I think they're going to look across the line and they're not going to want to throw at Stingley. They're not going to want to throw at Steven Nelson or Jalen Petrie. They're going to go find – what numbers are you wearing? I think four. I think I think Tavier Thomas wearing four. They're going to find where four is on the field and go try to attack his guy. If they're going to watch his tape from last year, Pro Football Focus, and I saw two other the, uh, companies like that had him as number one slot corner in the NFL. And uh, they had uh, Jimmy Ward close behind him. I think he was four. So yeah. Javier Thomas played well last yeah. year. and They seem in ways we don't, but that's still, that's the most surprising cut they've had of the of, uh, during when they reduced the offer, and it's still – He's going to come in here at Pittsburgh. If he makes big plays, they're going to regret it. I still don't understand keep letting him go uh, and keeping Shaquille Griffin unless there's something there we didn't know. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, we asked Nick about it, Nick Casario, on the show on Tuesday, and he, he didn't reveal much, uh, obviously, about any sort of behind the scenes stuff with with Desmond King, uh, is who you're talking about now going to Pittsburgh. 
I thought it was funny that Tavier Thomas, I saw footage in the lock, open locker room the day after cuts, and he said, man, when I saw Desmond got cut, I thought I was getting cut too. <laughs> so he knew. Like uh, Tavier Thomas knows. I mean, Desmond King, I know Pro Football Focus lists Tavier Thomas as the number one slot corner. That did not match the eye test from what I saw in training camp this year, though, with him. So that's a big concern to me in this game. What's your last one for the six-pack, John? Well, he can't do it without talking about C.J. Stroud and his debut as quarterback. There you go. I've got a column on him. Astros have got one on them. But Stroud, um, he's in a really difficult situation, and we don't know who his top receiver is going to be. His routes are going to have to be quick drops, quick releases. He's got to make good decisions. Can't turn it over on the first series and let Baltimore get up on him 7-0. But there's a lot of pressure on Stroud. You know, D'Amico Ryan says, oh, there's no pressure on Stroud and Will Anderson. Well, there is. They may not be putting pressure on them themselves, and D'Amico may not be putting pressure on them, but the fans and the media certainly are because they were second, third overall picks, but they need Stroud. Basically, don't turn it over and make good decisions and and try to keep the game close. You know, they got a good kicker and Kaimi Fairbairn, but they can't have Stroud come out and have a bad game. No, I, John, and I would submit he needs to have a great game if they're going to win this game. They're 10 point underdogs in this game. Like he's, he's probably going to have to do, he's probably going to have to have a few plays that we look at and go, wow, that's why that guy was picked number two overall in the draft. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't know that he can game, I don't know they can game manage their way through this, unless this Ravens offense is just super, super rusty uh, because Lamar didn't play any in the preseason games. And it's a brand new OC who's trying. It's a brand new OC who's who's not part of the lineage of Greg Roman, who was the OC before this. Like Todd Monken's being brought in, I think being tasked with changing some very specific things about the way that Lamar Jackson is used. Look, he's a whole lot more expensive now on the salary cap than he was before. You can lose a twenty million dollar quarterback and still go find some solutions for your team out there. You lose a fifty million dollar quarterback, that's clogging up a whole lot of cap space. So. Yeah, but like I, in a weird way, I think the Texans are catching the Ravens at the right time from that standpoint. Um, which brings me, I guess, to the last six pack. You're going to go C.J. Stroud. We can't go without mentioning Will Anderson on the other side. I think I think every Texan fan out there is super excited to see what both of these guys are going to do in a real game situation. And and I I think I'm even more excited. I'm, I'm more I'm most excited about CJ because he's the quarterback and he's the future. And if he's good, then that changes the trajectory of the, what the next ten years in this town feels like. But Will and we didn't see much of Will Anderson in the preseason. You know, in the preseason games, like he was he was sitting pretty early in these games. The one big play that we got teased with against Miami, where he just bowled over the running back, caused the fumble, that wound up on you know on on all the highlight shows and things like that. Um, but you know, now Will Anderson, you know, going against a, a pretty good offensive line when the Baltimore Ravens, um, I am, uh, and we're going to talk about Will and for real or Fugazi's here in just a second. Um, but they're going to need some game changing plays, you know, to the same extent, John, where you talked about CJ Stroud is going to need to protect the football. I think similarly on the defensive side, the Texans are going to need to cause a couple turnovers to, to win this game or hang around in this game. And when you look at who the turnover causers are on this defense, I think it's, I think it's basically three guys you look at. I think it's Will Anderson, I think it's Jalen Petrie, and I think it's Derek Stingley Jr. Those are your three key guys that can make are capable of making big swinging plays. It better be. You've mentioned Texans and winning now four times. I've never used those two in the same sentence, and that would be one of the – that would be – we don't see teams like uh, TCU, right, 
What was the spread on that 20 point? 20 and a half. 20 and a they, half. You know, it would be a, a Dion slash Buffaloes type performance that it would take from the Texans. And, you know, the fact is TCU played a really close game. If, if the Texans could play a close game, I think people would consider it a victory if they could come within 10 points. Yeah. But, uh, man, it's going to be tough with all – I mean, if everybody were healthy, it was going to be tough yep. because there's still another – off season away from even thinking about the playoffs, but uh, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, under D'Amico Ryan's, they'll surprise us. Yeah, and some of these things you're talking about, like big plays for Will Anderson, strip sacks, C.J. Stroud play really well for a rookie quarterback making his debut. Hopefully, some of those things will happen. All right, so John, let's give our prediction. We'll give our prediction on the season in just a second during for real or fugazi, but. Uh, what is your prediction on this game on Sunday? 31-13. Okay, so it's gone down. It was 31-16 earlier this week. So tight, no tight. You're not going to ask me who? Huh? You're not going to ask me who? Well, I, I like didn't you. say who. Who, John? Who are you taking 31 to 13? You know that's a silly question. I do, I do. That's <laughs> <laughs> What's the final score going to be? 31-13. Well, it's not like I'm not answering your question, Sean. You did ask what the final score was. I'm going 24-10. Uh, 24-10 Ravens uh, in this game. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think I think there's a chance the Ravens come out and look a little rusty offensively, just based on new offense, new coordinator, no Lamar in the preseason. Like the the record for guys last year who didn't play in the preseason, quarterbacks who didn't participate in preseason games was was not good. Um, I just think the Ravens are a, they're clearly the better football team. They're at home. A lot of Texans from the coaching staff to the actual roster are doing their jobs for the very, very first time on an NFL level. And I don't think going against a team, John, that is, you know, they are one of the three or four teams in the NFL that just has a brand and an ethos about them, the Ravens. Like the Ravens are always the Ravens, you know. And so I, I 24 10, I'm with you on that if one. They only give up 24 points to Lamar Jackson compared to the way they played in Lamar when Lamar Jackson has killed them up there. Yeah. Texans have never won there. Yeah. And and a lot of the people are acting like Todd Monken, the new coordinator, is a, a game changer because of what he did at Georgia. He's been in the NFL twice mm -hmm. and he did a very good job. So I think if if they only gave up 20 points, we'd feel pretty good about the defense next week. I think so, too. I think so, too. All right. Um, John, let's get to you. want to do some for real or for gazes here real quick? Always. Rapid fire. All right. Let's rapid fire these. You guys know if you listen to the podcast, we appreciate you. If you do listen, you're a regular listener. Tell a friend. For real or for gazy, I read a statement, and John McClain tells me if he agrees with it, he says it's for real. If he thinks I'm crazy or the statement is stupid, he says... Fugazi. Fugazi. It's Italian for counterfeit. So... Um, so we'll start off with some Texan ones here, John. Um, we know that Jimmy Ward and Titus Howard are uh, Titus for sure going to be out for this game. It looks like Jimmy Ward's going to be out for this game as well. Two really important players for the Texans. How important are they for real or Fugazi? Jimmy Ward and Titus Howard are two of the six most important players on the Houston Texans. Fugazi, I think. Uh... More important is C.J. Stroud, Laramie Tunsil, yep. Damian Pierce, Jalen Petrie, Derek Stingley Jr., and uh, Christian Harris because I think he'll be spying okay. on uh, Lamar Jackson in this game. No Will Anderson Jr. for you right there, huh, John? Oh, I forgot him. Of yeah. course, that's seven. Yeah, uh, Might even could go Dalton Schultz, eight. But Ward, of course, at least Ward, we've never seen him play here. Yeah, And he does have M.K. Stewart. And uh, Eric Murray, uh, 
scary when you think about it, but at least they have years of experience. I'm I'm with you on the ward. Th- I think Titus might be one of their six most important players, just based on having a rookie quarterback back there and what the drop off is from Titus to the next guy, you know, the replacement for Titus. I think if you factor that, like Pierce goes down, I feel like Devin Singletary and Mike Boone can still cobble some things together out there. But, uh, but yes, Fugazi on that one. All right. Um, John, uh, Will Anderson Jr. is one of the two favorites to win the defensive rookie of the year this year. Um, Nick Bosa, by the way, just got paid. He was the defensive rookie of the year in 2019. He was, he, uh, of course, is somebody D'Amico Ryan's coach last year, just became the highest paid defensive player for real or Fugazi. Will Anderson will replicate Nick Bosa's rookie year in 2019 when Bosa had defensive rookie of the year honors, Pro Bowl, and nine sacks. Sure, why not? For real? For real. Those are all attainable. Yep. Yep. Nine sacks, even though they've had a double-digit sack guy since J.J. Watt in 2018, but Anderson is certainly capable. He was great for three years at Alabama. All right. So now speaking of contracts, John, we know that that – that Nick Bosa contract just may, probably made things in Kansas City a whole lot more complicated with Chris Jones. Chris Jones wants to become the highest paid defensive player in football. Well, 48 hours ago, that number was $31.7 million. He wanted a little more than that. Now the highest paid guy makes $34 million in Nick Bosa. John Farrell or Fugazi, the Chiefs are right to hold firm on their stance with defensive tackle Chris Jones. Gazy, I think you got to find a way to pay him. I think uh, the last thing I read with Mike Florio is he would have split the difference in what they were offering and what Aaron Donald makes, which would have been like $28 million a year. I think he could survive on that. But, boy, the Bosa contract, you know, Andy Reid would be pulling out his hair if he had any. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, John, I don't know if you heard, but Bill Belichick and his longtime girlfriend, Linda Holiday, they split up recently. They've been they've been dating since 2007. You know who I'm talking about, the, the attractive blonde that's always been at his side at all these various Super Bowls and things like that. They recently broke up. For real or Fugazi, single Bill Belichick will be the catalyst in getting the New England Patriots back to the top of the AFC East. Fugazi, they're going to finish in last place. Uh, I picked uh, I I picked the Jets and the Bills to make the playoffs. The Dolphins not, but those three teams are so much better than the Patriots. People that have the Patriots anywhere but last p- place are saying Bill O'Brien is a game changer. Yeah, <laughs> I saw an article, John, that said De- uh, Tim Kelly is going to be a game changer in Tennessee. What what is the deal with these O'Brien tree? OCs, including the tree himself, O'Brien, getting all this love for really never having been good offensive coordinators before. Because they coached Deshaun Watson, who's yeah. an outstanding talent. Yeah. And most good offensive coordinators have really good quarterbacks. Strange mm. how that works. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, next one, John. A couple more. Um, Yiner Diaz, we know, is, as, as I suspected, when Michael Brantley came back, uh, Yiner Diaz was going to be the one to suffer for this because Michael Brantley is going to take up spots at DH that Yiner could take. Undoubtedly, Yiner is is being pushed to the side here, especially with Jose Abreu now back at first base as well. John, for real or Fugazi, the Yiner lineup juggling, the omission of Yiner Diaz is only going to get worse when the postseason gets here. Unfortunately, I think that's for real. I because do too. I think Dusty will have Martin Maldonado in there who had a two-armor game at the Rangers, plus Martin's average is all the way back up to 188 as we speak. Next year, it won't be an issue. 
Yiner's just going to have to grin and bear it, play every once in a while, and pinch it for Maldi Light. It's really amazing. Like he's, I mean, he's breaking Astro rookie records, and he's a part-time baseball player. It is unbelievable. He'd have it's, 30 home runs if he played regularly. He's he would be leading 21. the team. Yes, he would be leading the team. He's basically Mike Piazza is what he is. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, John, last one. This is a simple one for real or for Gazy here. Of course, we know season win totals. We like talking about those on this show. John, for real or for Gazy, Texans over six and a half wins. Gazy, since I picked them to go six and 11, I can't take the over. So I've taken the six and a half under, double the win total. Uh, all my predictions are on sportsradio610.com. Mm, okay. Can you can you give us some, one more little morsel of a prediction? Did you predict like MVPs and things like that, John? Baltimore, Baltimore to beat Seattle in the Super Bowl because I wanted to be different. Nobody's picking those two teams in the Super Bowl. I love how you just wear that on your sleeve. Like you're basically picking teams because nobody picked them. There's no analysis that goes into it. You're like, oh, who's been picked the least among teams that might win a Super Bowl? And that's how well, you do it. Well, there is some analysis goes into it because, okay. but that about who they have. I would pick Seattle if they were losing team but they were surprising last year and i think chino smith and that running game are going to be good and baltimore just because john harbaugh and lamar jackson and they got a good team and so i didn't want to pick the same teams everybody else has picked i think seattle's a good value to pick to win that division honestly i you know that arizona's i think this version of arizona is worse than any version the texans have put on the field the last couple of years this is a bad arizona team i think the rams are going to be a bad football team this year they got 30 rookies on their roster something like something crazy like that um, the, uh, I think, uh, I think San Francisco, I think Brock Purdy can turn into a pumpkin very, very easily this season. And I think losing D'Amico Ryans as their defensive coordinator, if we're all hailing D'Amico coming here as the head coach, then by rule, don't we have to say that that's a huge loss for the 49ers defensively as well? It Seattle's is, and a, I know it. Yeah. And Seattle is a very solid football team, just a, not spectacular, but they're very solid. And they got a lot of guys, they got a lot of skill guys and then adding Jackson Smith and Jigba to an already dynamic receiving core. You just made me think about a bet to go place, John, when we finish up here on the Utopia Football Podcast. We bet $100 on them at 60 to 1 when we were in Vegas for the NCAA basketball tournament. On the Seahawks? Seahawks were 60 to 1. Now I think they're like 30 to 1. Oh, man. Look at you. Okay. Well, hopefully you get to a point where you can at least hedge it in the playoffs at some point. Uh, all right, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? Got Astros column about how great they were in Arlington. The only problem is they have to come home where they've been 35 and 34. They play 12 of the next 15 against losing teams. And unfortunately, 12 of the 15 at home. I've got all my preseason picks, including the Texans, on sportsradio610.com. I got a D'Amico Ryan's debut column on there, and I'm writing a C.J. Stroud and as all Fridays, I'll say five things to watch in the Texans next game. Good stuff. All right. Prolific as hell, as always, John McClain. By the way, I go over six and a half. I'm taking seven and ten this year. For no, I hope you're right. Texans. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're nine and eight or ten and seven. I think that would be great. But I, yeah, I hope I'm right on the over for sure. Yeah, just um, remember that offensive line. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I know. That, that schedule, though, John, the schedule is not It's not a tough schedule. We'll, we'll see. Um all right, so there you go. Uh, John's got a bunch of stuff going up, sportsradio610.com. I would encourage you to, uh, if you listen to this podcast but not the station, tune in 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, Monday through Friday uh, with Seth Payne and myself, Payne and Pendergast. John jumps on with us on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. Uh, and uh, as always with this podcast, we appreciate everybody subscribing. Click that subscribe button if you've not yet, and it'll come to you automatically. You don't have to do any work 
That's our goal in life is to not have to work at anything. And you won't have to work at getting this podcast if you click subscribe. So we appreciate everybody who's done that. Tell a friend about the podcast. The season is here. It's going to be a whole lot of fun following the D'Amico Ryan, C.J. Stroud train for the Houston Texans this season. So for our producer, James Jackson, who does a phenomenal job of getting the podcast to all of you and getting all the video out, all the footage. For those of you, I know some of you are watching this on YouTube. We appreciate you tuning in and watching. But if you don't watch, if you're only listening, you can find all kinds of clips on our social media. John is at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. I'm at Sean T. Pendergast. And of course, the station is at Sports Radio 610. So for James Jackson, our producer, and the great one, the Hall of Famer, John McLean, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you Sunday late evening is when we're going to be uh, after the Texans-Ravens game. We'll be recording the next one, our reaction to uh, hopefully what is a Texans win in Baltimore on Sunday. We'll see. But either way, win or lose, we will be reacting to it. And uh, we hope that you're along for the ride with us. So uh, from for that, we're done. We're out of time. We will see all of you on Sunday. And uh, go Texans. Go get a W in Baltimore.